T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. See, talking about the World Baseball Classic, and there's producer Sean Anderson playing Panama. Excellent job by Sean. Good afternoon, everybody. It's inside the clubhouse in the afternoon, not the morning. Right. On yeah, we'll agree score. on that. We don't agree on much anything else. No, it's been, it's the, been feisty I, today. The World Baseball Classic, to me, is, is such, such a bore. Really? Yeah, tremendously boring. I, uh, I know I, it's great for the, those countries. Uh-huh. It's huge there. I think in the United States, it's like, you know, they won the last one, which made it a little bit more palatable. But the United States team is my least favorite team. I mean, not my least yeah, favorite, I should say, but you. there's like... Thanks for proving my point. <laughs> <laughs> not my least favorite. I do love America. Um, but I just... Team Puerto Rico last time with Baez and Rosario and Yadier Molina oh, yeah, and Jose Barrios. My God, I could cool. not it's, stop it's watching It's so those cool guys. for those countries. And, and they're so much fun to watch. I like baseball, Bruce. For those countries, it's fantastic. For yeah. here, it's like, can't we get to the regular season already? You know, it's, it's spring training. It's like we're looking at our individual teams. Don't get hurt while you're away at the WBC, right? I understand. I understand. No. You know, your priorities are where they are. All I'm saying is I am vastly entertained by that thing and appreciate the passion of the fans. You're entertained easily. Uh, it could be. You know what? Actually, my wife says exactly that. <laughs> we will watch a movie and she'll be like, that sucked. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is what the director meant to do. This is the thought process. And she's like, oh, my God. Which one do we watch? Shape of Water. She, she, she got up after Shape of Water and said, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm like, well, let me tell you about it. Uh, the lineups are out for the ball game tonight. It starts in a couple hours. Lurie Garcia leads off for the White Sox. Kyle Schwarber for the Cubs. Juan Moncada second for the Sox. Javi Baez for the Cubs. Like this, going back and forth. It is a special time of year. Abreu and Bryant are your number three hitters. James McCann, it's cleanup, as does Anthony Rizzo. Eloy Jimenez will hit fifth, as does Wilson Contreras for the Cubs. John Jay is the DH against his old team. He is your batting number six. Jason Hayward bats six and plays center field for the Whites uh, for the Cubs today. Yomer Sanchez at second. Robel Garcia is the DH and gets a start. Oh, that's a good story uh, right there. It sure it? is, and they keep trying to catch that lightning in a bottle for a dude who can hammer pitches when he hits them. When he hits them, uh, when he right. hits them, Ryan Cordell in center field for the White Sox in the eight hole. David Bodie plays third base. Bryant is in right field, by the way. So David Bodie at third, and your nine hitters are Charlie Tilson in right field for the Cubs, and second baseman Addison Russell. AJ Brzezinski will join us soon. Kenny Williams has him on the field right now, talking to him about something. So as soon as Kenny is done talking to him. Bob Bechtel, the White Sox, will pull A.J. over, and he'll be on with us. In the meantime, we have so much more to talk about. I mean, the lineups itself are interesting. You know, with, without Anderson in the lineup, mm-hmm. you have so much, uh, you know, you have a, a much different look for the White Sox uh, with Garcia having to move over to shortstop. You have to kind of plug center field. You have your choice with Jay 
uh, who's really not a center fielder anymore. He's more a corner outfielder. So, you know, he could have gone Cordell DH and Jay in center, but he feels right now Cordell is a better option for him in center field than Jay. Let me um, ask you a question about, about the Cubs clubhouse, because if they do indeed need that other gear that, um, that, that has been hinted at uh, by Theo, some of, the, some, some of the anger, some of the fire, if they need that in the clubhouse, I mean, people forget that David Ross, I think, was feisty and fiery in that way. They think of him as this, this cuddly, lovable, dancing guy, this old man. Hardly. Right? I yeah. mean, that, that's the thing that people, I think, don't realize what Ross brought and why he was so treasured in every clubhouse he was, he was ever in was that he would get in people's face and say, that is not the way we do it around here. He could get in John Lackey's face. There is nobody in baseball that I know of including teammates during games that could get in John Lackey's face, except David Ross, who, uh, yeah, other people could try, but he would listen and respect everything that David Ross had to say. Authoritative as hell. Because of the fact that he was a proven commodity as a teammate and as a person to these individuals. So he was magnetic. No matter the emotion... He was magnetic. And when he laid into you, whoever you were, about playing sloppy or about what you had to do, people listened Absolutely. to David Ross. And you don't have to hit 300 to be respected. What you have to do in the baseball is prove yourself out as a teammate, mm-hmm. as a worker, as a player on the field that helps you win rather than just dominates and tries to play for themselves. Uh, you know, the true winning type individual. So who can do that now in that clubhouse? John Lester can, and I think does sometimes. I think, you know, as the media, and myself in particular, we, sometimes we do a poor job of describing who the real leaders are. In other words, in 2017, it took me probably four months to realize that John Jay was a leader on that team. Hmm. It took the team only three months to accept him as a guy that could get in your face in a positive way and say, you know that play you tried yesterday? Yeah. Uh, try it a different way, or um, that's the right play, but at the wrong time. Is it safe to say, Bruce, that for better or for worse, and this is not a judgment, but for better or for worse, Anthony Rizzo is not that guy on this team? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can even say that, because... He does bring so much energy to the team, and he does so many things right. I, I, I think he's a wonderful player. Yeah. I love the way he plays first. I, I mean, love the way it, he goes about it. Is he that ultimate leader? Is he that guy who gets in people's face if they need it? I think he does. I think he does. But we, we, don't, we aren't privy to that uh, very often. The Cubs, are, like all playoff teams other than the Oakland A's of the 70s or the, the Yankees of the, uh, the, the late 70s and early 80s, who got in each other's face in public, they don't do that. They keep it in the clubhouse. They keep it behind closed doors. You rarely hear about somebody getting in someone's face. The David Rosses, you know, other players let us know that he was an important leader. Yeah. Other players let us know that uh, John Jay was an important leader, that John Lester or John Lackey uh, have leadership ability. So uh, I, I don't, I can't say that about Anthony Rizzo other than the fact that he may be, and probably is over the last seven or eight years, the most consistent guy in that clubhouse. Yeah, and that, and that has its own leadership. That brings its own thing. It and does. the way he does his at-bats it really brings its does. own thing. But in terms right. of that vocal 
presence to either light a fire or hold guys accountable. I don't, I, I, I don't know that, that that's him. And I, I, I don't know that they have that person. I can tell you that, you know, about two weeks ago, Rizzo, I was talking to Rizzo and he, I said, which, which player in this team, I, you know, do you identify with as a consistent guy that helps you on a daily basis? He said, Daniel Descalso. Interesting. And I said, why? I said, he hasn't contributed a thing on the field. He said, you don't know on a daily basis whether he's done well or he hasn't. He comes in here with the same work ethic, the same good teammate, and the same winning attitude every day. To me, that's a winner. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. He is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. Let's go across the street and talk to somebody you've been looking forward to very much. Absolutely. A.J. Pruszynski, who's doing the game with Len Casper today on Fox, nice enough to take some time out from his day to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Hi, A.J. How are you? How are you all doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, first of all, um, Sox-Cubs, Saturday, full house. Uh, does it get any better than that? Uh, not for me. Um, probably the most fun games I ever played in regular season um, were Cubs Sox. You know, when I was a member of the White Sox, just the intensity. Both teams were good. Both teams look forward to these games every year. The fans look forward to them. And, and every time they were playing, we were playing them. Uh, it was a different buzz in the city, and it is today. I can feel it walking around today. People on both sides of town are excited, north and south side, and uh, both teams are trying to win, and that's good. AJ, uh, it, it, from our perspective in media, and that's you now uh, as well. Don't tell him that. I, I know, but it, it might never have been. I mean, it is so juicy right now in terms of stories. Cubs aren't playing well, but they're still in first. Sox are playing well. You got Joe Madden on the hot seat. A couple former Cubs and Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease are there, and it makes sense that you're working with a Cub broadcaster and Len Casper, but my God, there's a lot of good storylines tonight, aren't there? I just can't figure out. The Cubs are in first place. Everyone's talking about them like they're 40 games out, and the White Sox are in third place, and they're getting all the good pub. It's usually you know, the team in first place getting the good pub, and the other team kind of in the middle of a rebuild gets the bad pub. It's kind of it's entertaining to me to figure out why it's like that. I mean, I know the Cubs' expectations are, are through the roof right now, but they have made four straight playoffs, I think, and they've won a World Series in that time, and the White Sox haven't made the playoffs in a long time, but you would think the roles were switched right now if you read the newspapers. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think you hit on it. It's like after the Red Sox won, and then nothing's good enough for, for that fa- those fans and that media. That's where the Cubs are there. They're playing with the big boys now, and they're expected to be way better than this. Well, they're spoiled, right? The fans guess, are spoiled. I mean, the, the people are spoiled because you know they've, they've had a sustained run of success. and uh, It's great for the Cubs and their organization. It's great for the Cub fans, but... Uh, it's just amazing how you can become expected and expectations are good. But at the same time, baseball is really hard. And it's really hard to make the playoffs in baseball. And to do it four straight years and, and probably should do it again this year for a fifth is, is something to be admired, not something to be like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're only got to the wild card game. Well, it's really hard. Milwaukee was really good last year. The NL Central is pretty darn tough right now. We're at the Shy Sox Bar and Grill. Come and join us out across from the ballpark. A.J. Pruszynski, our guest for the next few minutes. A.J., um, the modern player now, like the Tim Anderson, uh, some the Wilson Contreras's, you, you had the ability to be an outstanding player, an outstanding teammate, and an entertainer all in one because it seemed like it was a part of your personality to be able to do all those things. 
do you enjoy when you see some of these other guys establishing their personalities out there, even if even though it might not be the mainstream type personality that we're used to in baseball? Um, I like I enjoy emotion. I enjoy seeing guys when they're happy, and I enjoy seeing guys when they get mad and are frustrated. It, uh, I showed my emotions. I always thought it was good to have an outlet. Um, look, some people take it the wrong way. Some people believe different things, and that's fine. But uh, I always thought it was good to show some emotion and believe in what you're doing and be mad. Hey, if you make an out, why can't you be mad? Or if you get a hit, why can't you be happy about it? Um, now, there's times where you can go over the top with it, and there are certain times to say things and not say things or do things and not do things. But, I mean, if you hit a big home run or you get a big hit or you get a big strikeout or whatever, I mean – Hey, good for you. Uh, it's a hard game, and it's and it's a stressful game. So we get the opportunity to be happy or, or be mad about something. I mean, I'm all for it. And some of my favorite memories are of guys showing emotions, whether it's throwing gloves or throwing bats or or hitting home runs and bat flipping. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I enjoy it as long as it's not you know you're down ten to nothing, you hit a home run and you flip your bat. I mean, that's a little different. But if you, I always said, if you hit a walk off home run, you can celebrate any way you want because you hit a walk off home run, you deserve it. I'm going to bet, A.J., that you were more mentally healthy than a lot of your contemporaries in baseball because you went ahead and expressed that emotion. You didn't hold it in and try to be something you weren't. You were just, you were pretty much yourself out there, weren't you? It sure seemed that way, and it was probably a pretty healthy way to be. I don't know. I mean, you could ask some people. They'd probably tell you I was mentally unhealthy most of the time. <laughs> ask some of the guys I played with and against. They'd say, man, this guy's crazy. Um, but that was the way I had to do it. I, I always tell people I had to play baseball different than most guys most guys uh can go get out here and just do it and play every day and i had to play angry i had to play with an edge and i had to find figure out a way to get myself motivated to not like the other guy and it could be one of my best friends mark burley out there pitching and i'm out there trying to figure out invent a way on how i'm going to get myself psyched up to get a hit off mark burley um and then after the game we'll go out and have a beer and have some dinner um but for those three hours, I had to figure out a way to get myself going, and that a lot of times involved talking myself into almost like a frenzy. That's why I think uh, it was nothing against the other team. It was just the way I had to do it. And I learned that at a young age in the minor leagues, playing every day, that, hey, I need, to, I need to figure out a way to go about this differently because just going out there, going through the motions of playing a game wasn't working. And I finally figured out a way to channel that and led to a very successful career, one that I never thought I would have. 2019 baseball, how many home runs would A.J. Pruszynski have at the uh, break right now, knowing uh, the uh, unlimited flight ball that we're playing with? The pill center. Don't forget, the pill center, there's less drag. Uh, (laughs) They know how to stitch them better. Um, I don't know. It depends on what year we're talking. We're talking like early in my career when I was with the Twins, and they were like, you don't hit home runs, you take singles left, or kind of towards the end when I at the White Sox and then Rangers and some other teams where I figured out kind of how to lift the ball. I mean, it, it just depends. Uh, I know this. I've seen watched some games, and I see some balls look like pop-ups, and next thing you know, the guy's circling the pillows around the bases. So it would be a fun time to play now right now. I know that. Plus, they don't care about strikeouts, man. I hated striking out. Now, I strike out four times. If you, hit, you go one for five, four punches and a home run, it's a great day. Do you, do you find it interesting with all the home runs now, or do, do the uh... – proliferation of home runs uh is it is it boring after a while well i think it's devalued the home run i mean i remember you know you hit 20 home runs that was a big deal now every guy now every guy some guys coming off the bench are hitting 20 home runs so i think it's devalued a little bit it'll be interesting to see as time goes by if the 
permanent stay at this level, how it affects things like salary and free agency and arbitration. Because right now they're like, oh man, every, everyone's got all this power, but is it real power or what is it? Um, so I think that's one of the things that will be interesting to see. But everyone likes seeing home runs. I like seeing guys trot around the bases, especially if they're on my team. AJ Przinsky with us here on the score for one more second. All right, so if I were to guess how many times the name Michael Barrett has either been said or texted to you today. Add one. Um, yeah, I, I, that's my clever way of adding one, Bruce. You're absolutely right. But uh, I'm going to say seven. How many times have somebody said or texted the name Michael Barrett to you today? Well, today I was at my son's game out in uh, Plainfield, um, and I sat in the dugout, so nobody brought it up. Uh, and then at the White Sox game, nobody brought it up, or White Sox field so far. Oh. So, I mean, that was the first time it's come up. Now, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time it's brought up and brought up since that happened, I mean, I'd be, I mean, I'd be like Bill Gates. Uh, you know, I'd be like Bruce Levine. Like, man, I've got more money than I know what to do with. But, uh, you know, uh, today, this weekend hasn't really come up a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure it'll come up during the game. Uh, doing it with Len and the, Cubs, the whole Cubs talk thing. I know they have, we have a package ready for some moments. Uh, in this series and in this rivalry, so I'm sure it'll come up. But you know, it's one of those things where I just laugh about it. And I see my, I've seen Michael the last two years in the Hall of Fame game in Cooperstown. We talk, we're cordial to each other. I don't think we're going to go out to dinner anytime soon. But you know, we say hello, shake hands, <laughs> and, and that's it. But uh, it's it's one of those moments in your life that you look back on and say, I wish you wouldn't have it. Yeah, but at the same time, it did happen. And man, it's made me, it's it's made me uh, more money than it's taken away from me because people always remember that and especially during these uh, games against the Cubs. I still say the unsung hero is Scott Pitsednik for lowering his head right into Michael Barrett and driving him back <laughs> like an offensive lineman. That was impressive. Well, the guy I feel sorry for was John Mabry, who went to the hospital afterwards. He was my hitting coach yeah. later uh, when I was at St. Louis, and we talked about that. And he's like, man, I was just trying to keep the peace. I'm like, yeah, but you ran into two guys that were having a bad year, Brian Anderson and Rob McCoviak. <laughs> they jumped on top of poor John Mabry. He's like the nicest guy in the world. AJ, we're going to have the volume up because as much as you used to put into the game of baseball, that's how much uh, you know intelligence and fun you seem to have with the color commentary on Fox. Keep up the great work. Thanks for taking some time out today, and enjoy the broadcast with Len. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, take care. AJ, thank you. And, and he is fun to listen to. He's, he's a guy great. that at 18 signed with the Minnesota Twins, but I'm told – that if he went to college, uh, he would have probably gone to uh, Harvard or Yale and had an IQ of uh, somewhere between uh, 150 and 160. What? Yep. Ooh, huh? Absolutely. But, huh? What? That's how smart A.J. Przinsky is perceived. Well, you know, I, 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 I believe it. Uh, I'll go ahead and believe it. I'll go ahead and grant that. Um, because when he does baseball color, especially there was a postseason where he was paired with John Smoltz along with, I think, Brian Anderson or mm -hmm. whoever it was doing play-by-play. -play. He and Smoltz next to each other is still pretty much the best baseball commentary I've heard. I think he's awesome. At it, it, so. it was a battery. It was the, the, the batter, the catcher, and the pitcher there talking through it the whole time. It was unbelievable. I enjoy it. And uh, AJ and I, we had our battles over a 10-year period. There were times where he was in my face. I, as a reporter, tried not to ever get in a player's face because that's not my place. But uh, there were times. I mean, he would he challenge everybody around. That's awesome. Well, he just threw you in the in company with Bill Gates. So congratulations! A absolutely, on that. and I think we're close. Yeah, I, I've Anyways, always I've always. I think so. I have a better personality. Well, 
Well, let's hold off. I, I, I've done some great radio shows with Bill Gates. 670 The Score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. As soon as Joe Madden get that, we'll turn it around and play it for you. And David Schuster coming up, Ron Coomer coming up, all that ahead of Cubs pregame here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We are live at a very packed Shy Sox bar and grill right across from the ballpark, attached to one of the parking lots. And uh, this place full of mostly Sox fans, but some Cub fans, too, getting ready for what should be fun. Cub Cub fans are not afraid to come to the south side. They they know how to get here. Transportation is easy on the red line or parking or taking an Uber from a designated spot. There's so many ways. What's your your route to the ballpark from downtown? Well, you know, I I live 19 blocks away, so I often will ride a Divi bike, frankly, right over here to the ballpark or or take a bus or that kind of thing. Um, Canal Jefferson is me. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I will say that I went to... um, I, I went last time I went to Wrigley and drove to go as a fan with my wife. I did the classic Wrigley thing, which is um, see a man flagging me down in an alley, and then he walked me down to his garage and sold me his parking spot for forty bucks. Did, this, it, it, did it end there? I hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was no other transaction of any kind, and if there were, I wouldn't tell you, Bruce. But yes, it ended right there. Here, people can, they can grill, they can set up bags and play, they can tailgate here at this ballpark. I wonder if any Cub fans it, are availing themselves of that a, today. It's a much different experience. It really because is. Because of, you know, the vastness of the parking lots here, there's nothing like that at Wrigley Field. Right. Uh, you know, you, there you're, you're paying 40 now, uh, like the Grace lot, 60 bucks. Is that what it is yeah, for that lot? The Camry bucks. lot, I think yeah, it's called? yeah. That's crazy. You know, here, it, I think it's still 20 here, right? Unless they, they, they might bump it up for, uh, for Cubs socks, and I wouldn't yeah. fault them for it. But, uh, but I, I mean, it's such, I, I, that's what I love about Chicago baseball is that the experience at a Sox game and at a Cub game are so different, so uniquely cool in, in each one. You know, I, I believe that the experience itself is so much fun, and they're not similar in any way. No, that's true. And we are lucky to be, have a two-team town. Man, when both teams are interesting and both teams are worth going to see, there is nothing better. Because you're right. It's a, it's a very different experience down here with a lot more space. And if you know, bring the kids and they can go up to that, uh, that Xfinity, um, the, the play area up there above left field, it's a, it's a very, very different smoke. You know, it was, it was when, as a kid growing up in, like, late 1800s, uh-huh. uh, it was more fun to uh, actually go out to the ballpark and be able to buy a cheap ticket and then sneak down. Because then you had, like, these old Andy Frayne ushers, yeah. and they couldn't chase you out. It took two or three innings before they chased you out. Neither ballpark was uh-huh. full, okay? That was a different experience where you got to experience five or six different seats in the 
in the ballpark before they threw you out. Um, let me ask you a question, uh, Bruce. Did you think that the cotton gin was going to be the invention that it was when Eli Whitney ran it by you? I knew you? more about the gin than the cotton. <laughs> okay. So I thought Honestly. he ran that by you before he, he, he put it on the world. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, just checking. Um, this, Theo Epstein was on the uh, score earlier in the week. Hey, you're the one who brought it up in the first place. I just, uh, it was cheap. I know. You had to go old score on me, though. <laughs> oh, I see. Now, now I'm that guy. It's 670. Oh, boy. Inside the clubhouse is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. You brought up the old late 1800s. Um, Theo Epstein. You buried me. <laughs> Theo Epstein was on with McNeil and Parkins earlier in the week. And I wanted to play this for you, Bruce, and see what you see, thought of the context here. This is Parkins and Theo talking about uh, Joe Madden's job security and just about, you know, or Parkins trying to talk about that and Theo at some point deflecting. Theo, Joe was on the station yesterday, and he said that how the team is playing is a reflection on him. And clearly, by your words, you all share in this, right? Management, Joe, players. Of course. But, yeah. but, but I'm curious specifically, how do you think Joe's doing through all of this? But uh, I'd just rather lump us in collectively. Like, I think everyone associated with the Cubs, you know, the product on the field right now is not doing an adequate job because this, this, it's not a short stretch of play. It's a natural part of the baseball season. It's a long stretch where we haven't even begun to answer the bell. So I think, um, all of us haven't gotten the job done. Um, and we're all searching for ways to, to do that. And I think, um, you know, Joe, Joe is a unique challenge, too, because he's, he's, it's his fifth year with this team, and he's remarkably consistent. But, um, you, you know, we all we all contribute to the environment, including the manager. And so when players aren't responding to the environment, I think sometimes you have, you have to sort of do the impossible, which is try to find, find a new approach and new ways to reach guys while also maintaining one of your greatest strengths, which is your consistency and your ability to be the same guy, whether things are going well or going poorly. So he's, he's got a unique challenge right now. And, and we all, we all have unique challenges. Um, you know, with this roster, there's just a lot of underperformance and um, some uh, uncharacteristic soft spots that are our fault that we haven't typically had and that we have to track midstream. The soft spots aren't where we thought they were going to be <laughs> quite honestly on this roster. So we just, you know, everyone's got, things that they can do better around here for sure and, and and joe's doing a lot right too but nobody associated with this team is feels like they're doing the job right now that's for sure that's theo epstein talking about uh, joe madden and i'd rather lump us into the collective is the first thing so it's a bit of a deflection but then the way that he talks about it i think um it speaks to the conversation you and i had at the beginning of the show bruce which is that joe's big strength which is consistency is one thing, but here in year five, Joe is being asked to do things in a different way and being asked to find another gear, and and I think that's something they want Joe to do. What do you think Joe would say that uh, this team needs? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think he would say that he that the players need to execute more. But but I'm asking you if if he is being asked to show another gear and if he is capable of showing a, a different gear. I don't. I don't even. I mean. It's a fair question, and it's a good question, but I don't even know what that means. I mean, what, what kind of gear? He's a, he's a manager of the year three times. He's, they've won 95 games on average yep. over five years. They won a World Series. Tremendous job. never been done. Doubtless what, a tremendous what, manager. What kind of gear? The, you know, if Mitch Rosen comes to you and I and say, we need another gear, if you know that you've given your best gear up to that point, if right. you've given everything you had. The difference is, you know, as a leader of 25 men, and more than that, if you consider the coaching staff, 
It's Joe's job to create the environment. And, and, and he's, he's done, done a terrific... Yeah. I agree. Yeah. He's done a terrific job. But I think Theo is one who is admitting that the environment might need a shake-up, might need to be changed okay. a little bit. So what you're saying is, and what maybe Theo's... Your interpretation of what Theo's saying is, is that it's not Joe. We just need another voice. That, that if Joe doesn't have another voice... You know, some no, managers but I mean, have how many voices, voices is he going to have? Well, how about a I mean, B voice? Rizzo's I mean, got a B hack. I mean, at the beginning of the year, from last year... He's been more uh, he's been more hands on with the players, the uh-huh. coaches. <clears throat> they got off to a poor start, then they were the best team in the National League for a period of time. Now they're among the average; they're a half a game out of first place. Uh, so, uh, are you? Uh, if you're Theo Epstein, are you concentrating on the fact that the roster isn't good enough, or is it Joe Madden? And are you thinking about it every day, uh, putting it out in the media? That's a different thing to look at. That gives you a different optic view of what's going on because when he came on our station and he talked about it, he changed the dynamic. I agree. And that's interesting because I think I'm not putting out there, I'm not putting out there what I think and projecting that I think Joe needs that second gear. I'm giving voice to the fact that I think that's what Theo wants. Right. That's what Theo wants. Um, a, a different tack, a different atmosphere, a different way of trying to go about it because the way that they've tried to go about it lately has not yeah, I given don't, the results. And, and, and if it's getting thrown out of games, I don't think that's it. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that's it on a regular basis, no, that's for sure. I think, I think we all agree that he has pretty good control of that clubhouse. Now, if you don't like the way Baez looks at a ball when he hits it off the wall and is not at second base, or if you don't like the way... Uh, uh, somebody isn't running or somebody isn't hustling, maybe that's on Joe. And maybe that's a reflection that Epstein and Hoyer are looking at saying, maybe you're not getting your message across. Yeah, you know, I, I think what what might be on Joe is the way they come out in those first innings, as Theo brought up, that they come out and they'll go down with 10 pitches without a fight. They'll be sloppy in that first how, inning. How does any manager change that? Well, you know, it's it, it's his job to create an atmosphere, to provide an I, atmosphere. I, I ask you directly, how, do you, how does any manager change that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. From the Northwestern Football Update Studio, don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as the number 17 Northwestern Wildcats host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now at nusports.com. So, I mean, all these points you bring up are really good, and they're right on as far as we know that Theo Epstein has outed the situation. That's the thing. So why, yeah. did he, why did he out the situation? Well, he's done it before. If you remember last year at this time and the year before uh, when they were not doing well going up to the break and trailing the Brewers by five and a half games, he did the same thing. It's like, hey, I'm the leader. I'm the baseball leader of this team. Yeah, I've got to get in your face. If, if we haven't been able to accomplish it in our own conversations, I'm going outside, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to embarrass the players a little bit into performing up to the level we think they're capable of doing. And if that's what it takes, I don't care if you don't like me. That's my job. My job is to win, not to make friends. Especially when your manager might not have that kind of personality or might not want to do that for or, fear or, of his or, own or relationships. you might not want him to do that. Right. You know, because you want him to have a great environment. But you, as the ultimate leader of the baseball organization, 
can say, you know what? Come into the principal's office, and if you don't listen to me, I'm going to tell the rest of the population in the school sure. that uh, you're not you're not listening, you're not performing up to the level we believe you need to perform up to. And you know what happens sometimes, and obviously you do know, is that the players will rally behind the manager and say, why the hell are we blaming that guy? Why is that guy under fire? Why is he having to answer questions about that? And Theo is a killer instinct type guy as far as a winner goes. He's here to win. He'd like to make friends. He certainly has gone about this in a way that a lot of people respect him, and he respects them as players. But ultimately... He doesn't need any more friends, ulti- though, right? Right. Ultimately, it's about the player performing up to expectations. And that's why I think he's been so successful at what he's done. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I like the conversation because the why you put it out there is, uh, is often incredibly important. Uh, why, why don't we take a break here on 670 The Score on Inside the Clubhouse. I know that Joe Madden uh, has spoken or is still speaking a little bit, and we will turn around that audio for you as soon as we possibly can. Also, Ron Coomer coming up next hour, David Schuster possibly next hour, and we've got Cubs pregame in less than an hour right here on 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. It's true. But uh, I've been, uh, you know, I know some people have been looking for tickets to this one, 25 to 6 or 4 tickets. That was terrible. Excellent. No, it was terrible. No, I liked it a you lot. Know? I mean, does anybody Probably really... the best thing you've done all day. Anybody really know what time it, it is? What time the game starts? What time <laughs> does anybody start? really know what time Does anybody really care? No, I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, Cubs... I don't know. <laughs> Cubs socks. Nothing but CTA. Nothing but Chicago the rest of the way. Man, those... Some good records. Some yeah. real good records. Excellent vinyl. Yes. I have not uh, I have not seen a horn section here at Shy Sox Bar and Grill, but the day is still are young. Are you sure? Look around. <laughs> <laughs> there are some cracks and crevices behind uh, behind us here. Uh, we're going to drop that now. We are pleased to be here at the Shy Sox Bar and Grill. This is brought to you by Wintrust, the presenting sponsor of the Wintrust Crosstown Series. Um, so we just had the conversation about Joe Madden. Is he on the hot seat? What are they going to do? Yada, yada. It's everywhere, all over the news cycle. I just saw an MLB trade rumors link saying, and the question was, Theo Epstein laying the groundwork to fire Joe Madden and hire Joe Girardi? They went as far as combining the two names in the very same headline to get their clicks. Is there, any, is there usually a, a byline on the MLB uh, rumor? Uh, actually, this led me to an NJ.com. It's Mike Rosenstein. Okay, Mike Rosenstein. That's a good segue for us because uh, Joe Girardi was on the station about a month ago. Yes. And uh, he had a conversation with? McNeil and Parkins. And uh, you go right ahead. Yeah, Joe Girardi was asked about how he thinks about numbers. Because if Joe Girardi is indeed a candidate... And we could talk about why he would be or why he wouldn't be, but I know his name keeps coming up. 
if he is indeed a candidate, uh, some people have wondered whether he is uh, enough of a numbers guy, enough of a metrics guy to be a fit here. Uh, he was asked first, um, this was about a month ago with McNeil and Parkins, he was asked by those guys about uh, Joe Madden's strengths as an older manager. Joe's experience is invaluable because he's seen so many different things. And I think older managers have seen a lot of different things and are able to adjust all the, the analytics. I, I know for me, I was made fun of before analytics were you know, really popular about Binder Joe. Yep. It was because I've always loved the numbers. I used them when I caught in the 2000s and the 90s. So you think in this version of baseball, it's a perfect fit for your skill set? I do because, man, you can't give me enough numbers because I love to evaluate. That's really enjoyable for me. So, uh, you know, I've always been extremely analytical. That's Joe Girardi talking about himself as a managerial candidate, kind of trying to debunk this idea that as an older manager who's been around that he's not open to the numbers. Yeah, he's not so old, you know. Yeah. I think Joe's uh, about 55 now, something like that. Uh, but from the perspective of who's being hired now, who's doing the hiring, that's a little longer of tooth. And the Gary Sanchez situation where they felt uh, he was mishandled by Joe and that mm -hmm. was part and parcel to him not being invited back even though he was only one inning away from going to a World Series that year. Unbelievable. Uh, Joe is a, is a very terrific manager who's going to manage soon. Uh, the point of uh, whether or not some guys like Joe, um, some older managers now are looked at as non-metrics guys that can't relate to how important the numbers are and can't relate to the metrics departments, that's a problem uh, for older managers to prove to people that uh, they're still viable. Yeah, and the thing is, Joe Madden has never had to prove that because he was on the forefront in Tampa Bay for always. everything they were doing. Always. He's always been curious, always been open and, and analytical and stuff like that. So that's, that's Girardi talking about himself as a candidate. I, I, I got to say, from my perspective anyway, Bruce, if there were an opening here uh, for the Chicago Cubs, it, I, I don't think that Joe Girardi is a name that, that fits um, because I think they would want somebody who is uh, a partner and has some fire for sure, but somebody who is a partner in the way that A.J. Hinch is a partner in Houston, the way that Alex Cora is a partner in Boston, and maybe even Dave Roberts is a partner in L.A. with Andrew Friedman. So more of the David Ross. See, I think David Ross just makes every bit of sense imaginable in terms of what he brings to the clubhouse, what um, his knowledge of what the front office does and his relationship with every facet. They could all work together. And, and just his personality, right. as we talked about earlier, in terms of what still might be missing from this clubhouse. And, and there's, you know, there's other candidates if Joe himself chooses to go a different direction after this year. Sure. There is a Mark Loretta. There is a developing uh, guy in the organization like a, like a Hadavi. There are people that have the same think tank ideas that you're talking about, which I think is a very good point and, and well documented that people want to be have that comfort level of, gee, uh, is the old guy really getting what we're talking about or not? In the meantime, we have somebody like um, Loretta or like a Ross who uh, is already a part of that uh, era of understanding the dynamic of how important those metrics are, who those metrics people are. And, and as you pointed out, Joe's already done that. Yeah. He's proved that. But 
at some point, you know, I asked Joe this question last year, Matt. At what point does a manager's voice lose its resonating area of importance? It happens. And he he said, you know, probably, probably seven years, eight years, you know, they... You, your message, you know, no longer the, the cute animals and all that stuff. He stopped doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. He has basically the same group that have won together. And after a while, uh, is, does that voice become complacent or the players become complacent? Well, that's a key question. And definitely there is a time stamp. I remember when Brian Cashman and Joe Torre had kind of reached the end of their time stamp. Yeah. Or when Ozzie Gian and Kenny Williams had reached the end of theirs. Um, and it, it, if we are getting there for Theo and Joe, it, maybe it's because the pressure cooker and the the drama of winning and then the post-winning syndrome of everything that went down, and even the way that World Series went down, that all of that can can make that seven years compressed into five pretty easy. You know what, Matt? Uh, you know, again, I'll go back to what we talked about in the last segment. Theo Epstein's not there to make friends. You said it. You said it well. He's got enough friends. He doesn't need any friends. Yeah. He wants to win. I've and, seen people try to be his friend. And professionally, if it's not getting done, he's going to do everything in his power to change it, no matter how upsetting it would be to the public, to the players, or anybody else. I don't, I don't know a lot about the personality of Mark Loretta, the, the bench coach. In first year as a bench coach, I know he worked with Jed in San Diego. Um, I know he wasn't necessarily the first choice as bench coach. They had tried a couple of different folks. David uh, Ross would have been one David of them. David Ross was one of them. So, right. so here's Mark, Mark Loretta. Mark DeRosa. Uh, Mark DeRosa, we heard that as well. So he's, he was at least third on their, their depth chart of potential bench coaches, and he was surprised to get the call. He said as much right. when he took the job. It, if they were to make a change midseason, it, it would make sense to have Mark Loretta do it, but I don't know what the personality is Very bright like. guy, very old school with new school ideas, okay? Northwestern graduate. Yep. <laughs> old school toughness, you mean? Old school mentality, but school, open to new but school. Big brain, uh, open to all the things. Had spent time in the front office in San Diego. Yes. Had that. Now back on the field. You know, always known as a, an important player, a voice in the clubhouse. So this guy has the credentials to manage. Uh, because we don't know it. You know, just like a lot of people didn't feel Dale Swain was the right choice, but they believed. That was the right choice for the mm-hmm. right time. So they have a different perspective than us just taking a Joe Girardi and picking him out of the thin blue air. Just because you hear him on the air and he's around and, and he's obviously a very good manager who does want to work again. Right. And, and again, uh, watch out what you wish for. Don't be firing uh, you know, or th- talking about firing Joe Madden just because there's a misfire. There was a misfire in 2017 mm-hmm. where they were five and a half games out at the all-star break and within two weeks they were five and a half games in the league so uh there is the quality of the players and the cubs to make that happen again it's uh, i i had forgotten about mark loretta's front office experience in san diego along with uh along with Jed Hoyer when, when, when he was there. So the fact that Loretta's gone back and forth upstairs and then back downstairs the field, it really does have an A.J. Hinge feel to right. it, doesn't it? But uh, Joe Madden's don't come around every day, that's for sure. And uh, there would be a lot of people saying, watch, watch what you think before you make a move like that because, you know, he's been pretty damn good. Now, again, if Theo doesn't see the same response, he's going to make a move. Just in case anything happens to Joe Madden in terms of his job, he should find, in my opinion, 
another team that is on the cusp of winning, that perhaps has a manager who they've used for their their rebuild portion of the process. So you're, you're, you're already putting him in for the White Sox job? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying where would Madden's Post Southside Edition go? Where would his restaurant go down here is, is what I'm saying. Is there room near the ballpark, or would he have to go a little further south? What do you think? I think, you know, probably Western Avenue, <laughs> right around 57th Street. Oh, that's pretty far away from the ballpark. It, it is, but, you know, there's not much happening on 35th Street. I don't know if you, yeah. if you ever drove down it. Uh, I have. They've, they've never developed 35th Street. I don't know why, but okay. uh, uh, I know the neighborhood didn't want it for a long time. Mayor Daly back then didn't want it. Uh-huh. Uh, the White Sox at that time thought that they would have uh, ample food and entertainment in the ballpark. So it was never developed. I understand. All I'm saying is if, if, if next year mm-hmm. we're, we, you take a right on 35th off of State <laughs> and next to the Starbucks is Madden's Post, then dinner's on you. Okay. Okay? It's a deal. All right. A deal. 670 the score is where you are. It's inside the clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. We've uh, got a bit more show for you. Ron Coomer going to join the show. And we will hear what Joe Madden had to say when he spoke to media a little bit ago at some point before we get out of here for Cubs pregame on 670 the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.